What's been happening? Oh, mate. Well, it's quite a lot, really. The thing that's at the front of my mind at the moment... Yeah. ...is I need to change my truck. Okay. Yeah, I need to... You know, I've got a nice... Um, well, it's, a, it's a Mitsubishi outside Barbarian, but it's under yeah. a Fiat fallback badge because they license it to Fiat. Yeah. Nice, mate. You know, it's got toy suspension, Bluetooth, sat-nav. It hasn't got Apple CarPlay, but, you know, it's, uh, it's great for lumping stuff about. It hasn't got Apple CarPlay. No, mate. I could have it installed. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's 2018. But anyway, um, I I'm, I'm, wouldn't say I'm struggling yet to get in and out, but it's, it's a bit uncomfortable. Yeah. Of the truck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it is a bone shake, even with toy suspension, you know, it's... It's um, mildly uncomfortable for me. I mean, not because I'm a wuss or anything. Just battling this stupid health stuff. So Which we're gonna, we're gonna, we'll go yeah, we're gonna but, explore uh, it. So what I'm thinking is, mate, I've been, I've been trying to, um, I, you know, I, I think half the fun of a new car is, is looking. So I'm thinking, you know, once I had a Skoda Superb. Skoda's nice car. What a brand change that was. Oh, Do you remember how terrible yeah. Skoda's yeah, were? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, but the, the Skoda uh, Superb. I had one when I was yeah. working for someone else, and they um, proper luxurious, aren't they? It's like a limo, man. But then yeah. I'm thinking, you know, country lanes, parking it. It's still a big unit. I mean, it's doable. It's still a big unit. Then I thought saloon or estate, you bring them. I, do you know what? I think I might go like limo, like. Saloon. Mm. Then I thought, what about an Octavia hatch? I mean, they can be better than like a Golf now. Really? Then I started to think, well, what about old Beamer 3 Series or 5 Series? Then I thought, well, that's yep. a bit ostentatious for the work I do and where I live. And... To have a Beamer? An old one would be all right, but, you know, it wouldn't be a good idea, really. Uh, but then I thought, what about Vauxhall Insignia, mate? Yeah. I mean, are they an under... Look, look what do they get, like, Auto Express? What does it say? Let me have a look. Because, mm. you know, I've got a Vauxhall. Well, you've you've been a, a Volkswagen guy, haven't you? Mm. You went Vauxhall uh, yeah. Astra. Yeah, yeah, Vauxhall Astra. And it, do you know, when I've been in it... Oh, I said I wouldn't eat. I, I've had so many people moan at me. Eating on the mic? Yeah. <laughs> Just move back. <laughs> So, top, gr- top Gear, Vauxhall Insignia Review, got 6 out of 10. Oh, no, that's not good. That ain't great. That ain't great. Mm. Let's, where's the overview? Mm. Uh, I'm just trying to see if it's good or bad points. What's the verdict? Ticks every cost-effective box right. and quite refined. Still tricky to be enthusiastic about it, though. Right. So I would say it's practical. It's it's boring. It's a boring, boring. Yeah. What? And yeah, the other one I thought was Mazda Six. Hmm. Yeah, they look all right actually. Mazda Six. I've been impressed with the Astra. I have to say, one liter, three cylinder turbo, yeah. <clears throat> EcoFlex. It's not. It's not. You know, powerless. It's not fast. So when you come up from Mark's Tay to Colchester to yep. Ches Vegas, yeah. how much fuel do you use? <clears throat> half a tank? <laughs> half a tank. But the thing is, the tank only holds 55 quid. 
Right, so you're doing that journey on like, you know, 20 or quid, 25 quid. 25 quid. quid. I think it's 25 quid That's to amazing. do 200 miles, yeah. That's amazing. Mm. And what's the reliability like? Nothing's gone wrong. So it's a 65 reg. It's only done 24,000 miles. So I had it low mileage, which is amazing. Uh, new set of tyres. It's serviced every year. Five speed. The five speed box is a little bit. I'd I'd have liked a sixth gear. I think petrol is it? It's petrol. petrol. See, I was thinking like an Octavia, Skoda Octavia. You know, one point five, whatever yep. it is. Yeah. DSG box. Yeah. yeah, nice. The, oh, the DSG SGL box. Tech, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I think the D- so I had a Touran, an old Touran, yeah, yeah, but it was yeah. DSG. Lovely. I mean, slow. I think they're better now. Mine was 12 years old. Off the line, it was terrible, off roundabouts. Mm. Yeah, you almost got to predict a gap and move before it's even clear. It was that really? slow. Yeah. But once you're running, smooth between the gears. Because we need, you know, I need something that's good for the motorways, but I can hack around town, you know, mm. and I think the Superb might just be a little bit too big. Maybe. Or oh, just go for it. What yeah, about nice some sort of hybrid car. thing? You're not thinking hybrid. Mm. No, you can get an Octavia hybrid. Yeah. The economy's not that much better, though. I, see, I thought you were bang on with a Volvo XC60. Right. The 90s are bigger. They're seven seats, yeah. I think. But the 60s... And you only... You, trouble is they really hold their value because they're quite desirable. They look good and obviously built well. But what about like the V90, like estate? I like them, but they're big. They're seven seats. No, oh, I don't. And then you're paying a bit more for insurance. Obviously, your, your economy, not so great. Yeah. Hmm. Let me look them up. Volvo. There you go. Well, they do a 40 as well. An XC40, 60 or 90. XC60. Yeah. Yeah, XC60. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Autotrader, give them four out of five stars. No, that's pretty good. I thought, well, I thought it'd be better than that. I'm yeah. surprised. What does the Octavia get? Let's have a look. How did Skoda transform themselves like that? It's quite got, incredible. They, are they owned by Volkswagen? Yeah. Yeah, so... Just and, investment, just... So I went in a mate's... Mate had a Passat, and I had a Superb. Yeah. And apart from a couple of trim options, I, I, you know, the Superb mate... It's it's like five stars. being in a, it's like what well, the Octavia. Hmm. What car give it five stars? Just the thing, like when I got in a superb, it was like being in a limousine, and you just wafted down the road, and yeah. you never heard the engine, and the suspension was amazing. It was like wow. Well, you had an Octavia as well, didn't you? I've had an Octavia and a superb over years. I was going to say, I remember the grey. I really like that the one. VRS. Yeah, that was the Moonstone VRS. Yeah, it had red brakes on it and. <laughs> I thought nice, that looked really car. nice, yeah. I can't do fast now, though, mate. I've got six points. Have you? It's so easy. I, I, points, man. Like, I see your justification, then. Well, I'm not justifying it. Oh, right. Well, well, well maybe not. <laughs> it's like, you know, the, the speed limits change so much. Yeah. Like, all the time. And the variable speed limits. All of mine have been 36 <laughs> in a 30. Yeah. And, and, you know, I could just be transitioning and suddenly the 40's gone to 30 on a mo- or something like that. Then a, a week later, you get some letter through the post, and you're like, I, I, I wasn't speeding. Yeah. Like, I was doing under 40. Yeah. Like, oh, it went to 30. Yeah. 
problem is, if you're doing 30,000 miles a year, which we can easily do... You're going to pick stuff up, aren't you? I just think so. Now I've got to be super vigilant. So I don't, you know, I'm tempted to get a VRS, Octavia, because that was, that's a fast car. Oh, yeah. But a little bit hard in the suspension, I think... A bit too sporty. Yeah, what I'm looking at now is, I think mm. a gentleman comes to a stage in his life, maybe... Where, you know, the fasting becomes a, a, a weekend toy if you're loaded. Yeah. But for men like us who haven't got loads of money, mm. it's more about the enjoyment of driving, refinement, nice music, good sound system, put a podcast on, waft about, no dramas, no stress. You know, and as I've alluded to, and some of you are aware of this, like my body doesn't really want to do juddery stuff. Mm. I mean, I'm sore sitting here now, so mm. I'm like, mm. I just want comfort, man. I want to... Maybe you should go superb then. Let me check the reviews. Yeah, I, I dreamt you I said it was like an armchair, didn't you? Yeah. Skoda superb, superb review. Five stars. There you go. Mm. I mean, big car, but to be honest, the truck's big. The other thing about the superb is it's got a dated interior. I mean, it's clean and mm. you know nice, but it's kind of a bit. But you've always wanted that dated interior. I do. That's what I'm saying. Switches, all laid out, dials, and yeah. You got wind the engine down. You know, all laid out in front of you. Yeah. I'd love an old. Do you reckon an old G? If they develop something new, but with that old touch. So, do you think people would buy it? Well, I had a GT86. Mm. Do you remember I had a GT86 yeah, yeah. Yeah, years yeah. ago? Mm. And they, they, it had like 90s, 80s, 90s styling inside. So everything was like flicked down switches. Yeah. Everything was buttons. It was tactile. I like that. I mean, it's this unaspirated two-litre, like amazing car. Yeah. You could slide it. Like, it was incredible. Yeah. But, but everything was like... I wonder if there needs to be a return to that. I mean, but, I miss like the sensation oil. of putting a key in and turning yeah. the key. But like oil pump. That's it. Water around and the red. Pressure, yeah. Oil. And you've got to wait. You can't just rush it. You've got to wait. Put all on. Yeah. yeah. You hear it all working. Yeah, like a plane. Yeah. Then you have to shut it down at the end. Like you shut turn, it down. Hear the... Yeah. Everything's well, shutting down. I reckon it's going to go that way because we're all just so de- like keyless cars. It's all boring, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Electric, no noise. And do you remember back in the day when we first started driving? I mean, I'm a bit older than you, but mm. you'd have a choke. You'd have the choke and it'd be... Manual choke, Feathering yeah. the accelerator. Just yeah, trying, yeah, yeah. Just trying to get it going. Just getting that choke yeah. in the right place. I had an old Mini with twin Weber carburetors. Come on, man. And I used to do the cables and make sure it was all That's tight. It. And boom, 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 boom. Yeah. <laughs> Little air vents on the like air like cones MG, on the BGT. back. It was all proper old school. Yeah, smell of oil coming that's through it. the cockpit. You open the top, there's a little needle in there, and that's all right. It's got oil in. Yeah. <laughs> now you can't even get near an engine. You can turn you? on the MG, and it, you know the oil pressure would just come up. That's it. Yeah. Did it have overdrive? Yeah, Some, it did. Uh, yeah, they yeah. have overdrive, don't they? Four Amazing. gears and an overdrive. Yeah, and an overdrive. Yeah, brilliant. And it would burble and bubble. Would it? Yeah. Rusty. Steve's Capri's Capri, our ops, our ops yeah. guy, he's, he's got that Capri. Yeah, bu- he's got Capri. Burbles and bubbles, doesn't it? He was telling me they're bringing out a full electric Capri to celebrate it. I think they've got the missed the point, haven't they? Yeah, that's It's got to be switches and dials and It's like they messed with the Mustang, didn't they? And it now looks like an SUV. Yeah, I haven't seen it. Oh, maybe I have. Don't look at it in the eye. It's it's an obscenity. (laughs) 
Yeah. I mean, and you know, I'd love an old stick shift Jag, you know. Yeah. But it's just a stupid thing because you end up with a massive repair bill. It, it's just too expensive to run. Mm. I've definitely become a fair weather motorbiker as well. Yeah, I... Yeah. Any com- yeah. commuting, I used to, like we both did, hours on it to an oh, event or a venue. Uh, and yeah, all over the country. All the gear, Scotland, all the gear. Wales, like London, everywhere. And then you'd be like, that's the thing about motorcycling people don't get. Mm. They watch a bike and pew, down the road and it looks like a UFO and it's yeah. cool. In your crash helmet, you're in... Oh, the noise is horrible. Yeah, you're just being, like, buffeted and yeah. it's going everywhere. Even if you're, in the, like, you crouch... Even with earplugs in. So you've you got earplugs, you've got, yeah. you got a neck warmer. Yeah. Because otherwise you get, just well, get brain freeze. Unless know? it's 20 or above degrees, you are cold. You're cold, yeah. yeah. Any, any bloke on a bike is cold. And then, you know, you come out of a meeting, you think, I've got to change out my jeans, get me levers on, or I've got Boots, to get me overtrousers on. Yeah. There's, like, there's no fast getaway. Oh. And then everyone else has disappeared, and you're still by your bike. Getting, and then you might come past them later on the car. But. You might. I found that more and more. Actually, I wasn't getting much further than someone in the Not car. these days, because of all the speed restrictions, too. Yeah, I think true. a bike, personally, like a 600 Hornet, bombing around Chesterfield or Colchester or whatever, mm. and just going to nip to the shops, put some Jump on the bandit. Up, so, yeah, jump on the bandit. <laughs> but just quickly go to the office. Yeah. But then I was thinking, um, to keep myself moving, I might just get an electric bike. Mm. You know... Power up the hills, chomp along, yeah. get the sensation of two wheels, keep yourself a little bit fit. I've just written a blog about electric bikes. Oh, do I not want to hear it? Well, I had quite a negative slant you... on it, yeah. yeah. Basically, what? I was stuck in traffic and I was watching a kid do his paper round on one. He mm. didn't pedal once. No, I've It's not, not a bike. Them. It's not a bike. No, there's two types of... I'm, I'm eating. <laughs> Someone's going to complain. Of course. I had three mates complain last time. Did you? Mm, stop me. eating on the thing. Went, oh, I love the podcast. The content's amazing, but stop eating. Are you an open mouth eater? What does that mean? Well, it means you don't shut your mouth. It's all like a cement mixer no, no, just no, going no, around. Fine, man. <laughs> I'm trying to talk at the same time. <laughs> um, so, e bikes, travesty. Right, there's uh, some e bikes are assisted pedaling, so you've got to keep pedaling. Right. And some. I think you meant to have a motorbike license for a mate or well, something. Well, that's what I saw. It weren't a bike. That's not a bike. No, that ain't a bike. But that's what's, that's what's happened. It's now dressed up as a bike and it's not. There's no pedalling going on. No, but on. there are assisted right. pedaling ones, which I think is what I get. Right. I do like the idea of one. I just... They're expensive, though. You do two grand on a decent one, easy. Oh, not yeah. even a decent one. But I've got an excuse now. Yeah. So let's talk about it. Well, um, I mean, I'll, I'll, put some... I'll eat a dry roast while you... Uh... Oh, nice. So what's the, wh- where are we today at point of filming? Mm. What, what, what's happening? So I um, started to feel these weird symptoms going back a while. Those have not heard me talk about this. You know, I'd be walking into rooms and people would say every now and again, you, you hurt your leg. I'd be like, yeah. I don't think so. But, I, you know, I was probably walking a bit lopsided. And then, um, and I think I had another symptom developing I hadn't taken notice of. Anyway, over two years, I've got a very painful shoulder. It's very painful today, actually. So, so I keep moving about because it's, it's... I mean, I'm not... I'm not exaggerating. Like, it's really painful. It's like deep pain. Like Rad- a bone ache. Deep. 
all deep, deep inside my shoulder. And then I was getting these muscle tremors and spasms and stuff. Anyway, long story short, I had a blood test. And it's a right palaver trying to get appointments. You, know, well, you were waiting a long time, weren't you? A long time. Like six months? Yeah, uh, seven months. Yeah. So anyway, they found out that my blood was good apart from it showed up I was diabetic, surprisingly, because my cholesterol was good, weight was all right, uh, low low blood pressure, fit, healthy blood pressure, resting heart rate is 52, 56. Yeah. Like, you know, it's all pretty good. Pretty good, yeah, clean eating, teetotal. Mm. And the brain scan was clear. And they sort of dropped you at that point, but I still had these weird symptoms. So I went back to see another doctor and she did some neurological tests on me, which the other doctor hadn't done. And I failed them. And uh, so they they sent me to uh, neurology, which didn't answer the referral letter for seven months, even though it was urgent. Wow. They're just overwhelmed, I think. Anyway, long story short, I was at a party in London mm. and uh, someone saw me walking weird and connected me to a mate who had just been diagnosed with Parkinson's. And they put me on to a private neurologist who I emailed on a Friday. I had an appointment with him on a Wednesday. And uh, in the meantime, someone had offered to to pay for me to have wow. a private consultation. And they're basically, at the end of doing all these tests and all that kind of stuff, which are really interesting, it's a fascinating process. Mm. He sat me down and he went, and he's the UK's, one of the UK's leading MS specialists. So I thought I had multiple sclerosis, to be honest. Uh, but he said, I can categorically say you've not got multiple sclerosis. Wow. But I'm 98, 99% convinced you've got Parkinson's. Mm. So I'm like, oh, I took a bit of a breath and went, how can you be so sure? And he said, well, you know, we look for four things, you've got three of them. And the way you walk in and you, things are happening to mm. you, your cogwheeling joints like on a ratchet and got a tremor. And Yeah, because you showed me some of the tests. We met up for a chat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and one was like this, wasn't it? You, you start with your arms Well, what back. they do is they made you, well, they made you sort of lying back on his bed at 45 degrees. And then he said... You know, do this with your hands. So you're making a puppet. Wait, so go thing. as open and open as wide as you can, and then close it as fast as you can, like that wider. So the bloke, so wide as you can. So for blokes who are listening only, you imagine a sock on your hand and you're doing a puppet. Yeah, but as wide as you can, like that. Yeah. Oh, as wide as you can. Yeah, wide and fast as you can. Like that. Like that. Yeah. And then these, so I do it with that hand, and then I can go fast at first, and it. It's not working. No, and then it didn't work. And then, I, you know, I tapped with this hand and my little finger wasn't going down. And then while my hands are like that, and I, you know, I reached out of that hand, it was all right. And when I reached out of that hand, it's got a tremor. It's like on a rut, on a rail, like... Yeah, yeah. it's got a tremor. And and then now I've got a tremor in that little that finger there is moving all the time. Mm. Um, and I'd gone stiff down one side, so, like, my right arm doesn't swing. Yeah. It doesn't swing and I walk and I only take half a step, but it kind of creeps up on you. But then the also interesting thing is, he said, oh, what are you like emotionally? Now, you know me, I'm kind of like... Well, yeah. Not Mr. Emotional at all. No, no. I'm like, you know, wound me again, you know, yeah. what are you going to do about it? Yeah. And I don't, you know, lose my core or anything like yeah, that. But yeah. then I, for about seven months ago, I said to Karen, I don't know what it is, but I feel like crying sometimes. Like, mm. it could be anything. Mm. Or I'd start to get like this mild kind of, I just don't want to be, I want to be home feelings mm. like very mild anxiety or mm. it, things that irritated me more and it, and it, and i told him this and i wasn't sleeping brilliant and there was some like bladder bowel type stuff mm. and um he asked me all these questions and he said you, you know this is classic lack of dopamine in your brain right 
you know, this is this is um, you got a problem with your mind, man. No, no, I'm just checking them. So he goes, um, yeah, this is just like your dopamine levels are are just down. I Mm. think the other thing that happens is like things like that. This is the weirdest thing where, like, if if I'm talking and there's some distraction, doesn't happen all the time, but I like my brain goes blank. Though whereas before I'd be like all oh, stuff happening all over the mm. place. It doesn't happen all the time. It'd just be occasionally I'm like yeah. brain's just gone just lose focus. Yeah, cognitive flow he called it. Mm-hmm. And apparently it's all about dopamine in your brain and my lack of it. Right. So I've got to have this where we're at at the moment is I've been told I'm ninety-nine percent sure I've got Parkinson's. One percent it could be some weird incurable immune system problem that's caused a Parkinson's syndrome. Mm. So I've that chance. I'm having a bit of nuclear waste putting me on. Friday, I've got to hang around for five hours and then I've got to take photographs of the dopamine levels in my brain. Mate, it's not adamantium, is it? You know, like a wolverine. Oh, I, I fuses to his bones. The thing I've been concerned about is that I am transitioning into some kind of, like, mutant. Like the flyer, Jeff Gold. Something is happening to me. I was wondering if my shoulder is actually, I'm like manifesting some super muscle structure. Well, that would be awesome. The other thing he said to me, like in the letter, so you get this long letter, he doesn't tell you everything. He said, like, he said, Mr. Beach, he called me a delightful gentleman, actually. As he He said, "Mm." he said, Mr. Beach is not hypophonic, but he's hypomimic. I'm like, what's that even? Mm. So hypophonic is I'm losing my voice. Right. But I'm not. He says he's not hypophonic, but he is hypomimic. And that means that my face muscles aren't working right. properly. So, and I'm like, yeah, you've said that. So, so cheeks, forehead. Yeah, like they get this thing called Parkinson's mask. So you're like just expressionless almost. Yeah, like I still smile and stuff. But obviously he clinically observed... <laughs> He clearly observed that I, my face isn't as nuanced as it should be. Yeah. But I explained to him I'm from Essex. I was going like, to say, you've had that since birth. I've always just came out solid. Always like. like a grumpy sod. So, <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah, it's all a bit alarming, you know. And then, of course, you, you sort of say, well, what's the trajectory of this? Thing? Yeah. And it's like, he said to me, oh, my, I can't write anymore. My handwriting is dead tiny. Right. So he said to me, um, is Mrs. Beach on the scene? I went, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We've been together 32 years. Yeah. You know, solid. He said, um, well, she's not here today. And I went, no, no, no. I said, well, I didn't know what today was really. I just come to see you and didn't know you were going to be so conclusive. Hmm. I said, we've got a puppy, you know, puppy comes first. So I just sort of bombed down to London and see you. And he went, she needs to be involved. This is going to be a really tough life. Right. That's what he says to me. So I yeah, punch it in the face, mate. Wow. So that's diagnosis. Um, <clears throat> so I'm battling like mm. on insulin now for diabetes. Yeah. And um, I've got to get my brain scanned and then get on treatment. So a few questions around this. Yeah, Let's yeah, tease yeah. out some info. Because mm. I think a lot of, for a lot of blokes, me included, mm. I mean, the only time I've, I've been in hospital for a toenail operation mm. and, and, and I was choking on bacon once... Other than that, I've never... I don't think I've actually addressed my own mortality. Mm. I don't mm. think I've yet got to that face or that edge where you go, hang on a minute. Oh, I'm only human. Yeah, I, I'm not, kind of not think, immortal. Yeah, I kind of think it'll happen to someone else. Yeah. And it won't happen to me. I'm going on and on. 
So is this the first time you've really had to address that? Um, Do you think? And what's happening in that in that dialogue in that? Well, I kind of like they say you don't die of Parkinson's, you die with it. But and they did say that um, life expectancy is not shortened. Then they okay. said it was. Then they said it isn't. Now they're saying again, it does. Like it, you're most likely to die of complications from this. And the worst thing is your quality of life. Well, that's right. It's going to you change know. your life, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. I mean, even now, like I walk, I walked. I'm trying to walk every day. So they got to stay active. So yeah. I walked for an hour before I came in here yeah. with the dog, and I'm, I mean, I'm aching because of that. You know, mm. my, I am struggling to sit here at this high table, um, and I'm just at the start. Well, I could have had it for years, and you're only fifty one. Fifty one. So mm. with treatment, they can give me ninety percent back for maybe five years, mm. maybe ten. Maybe longer, it could move really slow. But mm. I've now, you know, you never to be, you get on YouTube and you yeah, you, you research yeah, and you're like, yeah. this is not looking great, you know. Um, mm. So my initial response was, I put a video on Facebook, I mean, my initial response was, um, well, I'll squeeze as much gospel juice out of this sucker as possible, mm. you know, I'm going to mm. fight this thing. And I can't stop it, humanly speaking. But also I felt... Uh, from a faith perspective that God asked me to to walk this out. And, you know, as alarming as this may sound to some, to not ask for prayer for healing, but prayer for strength and joy. Because yeah. I think you've got to live out suffering well, um, some of us. So I'm going to walk this, what I call a rutted path, as best as possible. And um, I am suddenly aware that I am dying. Hmm. I mean, I you know, I'm... I'm, I can't deny it, you know, I'm, I'm definitely dying. You know, I mean, we all are. So yeah. I'm not dying any different to no, else. No, but it's I'm more like, real, I think, because I've not, real. I've, like, I may have something, I don't know. But yeah. you, I mean, I getting... could be killed by cancer or run well, over yeah, by a bus, yeah. but I'm, I'm pretty sure now I'm not going to die by coming off my motorbike because I can't really ride one, you know, I'm, yeah, I'm, you know, this thing could put you in a wheelchair and there are 20% of people in wheelchairs in five years. Hmm. I mean, it can be really aggressive in some mm. people. Um, and you just don't know. Like, you just don't know. And maybe I've got this incurable immune disease but that's made me diabetic as well because I'm a bit mystified by it. That's why they're saying it could be this immune thing. Well, what's yeah. that going to do to me? Yeah. So I'm aware that I'm dying and um, I'm kind of cool about it, man. Well, I think that was my question is how do you, how have you faced that? You know, because I haven't had, to, I know I'm dying the same. You know, we all are. But when you get a diagnosis, it changes the it's perspective not, I, on things. Yeah, I, I think for me, it's not um, dying's all right. Um, I think as a as a bloke who I, I always say that people who describe themselves as, as alpha males are not because you don't need to say it. Right. You know, people say I'm a visionary. You go, well, you're not. She's going on about it. <laughs> You've had you to know. tell us. Yeah, you had to tell us. We'll just we'll find <laughs> out. <laughs> But I've always probably been described as, I think people describe me as like the alpha bloke, the typical bloke, the right. man's man, you right. know. Like, I like my flowers and your garden, yeah, yeah. but I, I don't really care what people think. And so yeah. that's probably the the alpha male, you know. I'm just happy yeah. to live my own life, feel complete in myself. I don't have huge amounts of emotional needs, you know. I'm kind of mm. pretty pretty solid, right? And now suddenly I'm weak. Mm. You know, I'm... I, I mean, I, in one of my lowest moments, I thought I'm just kind of useless. You know, I'm having to inject myself every day. I mm. can't 
roam free, you know, I need medical supplies, right? You know, I'd struggle to get off the sofa at the end of the day. Mm. Walking up the stairs is painful. You know, I'm, mm. I've got these emotions kicking off. I'm, I'm in different territory. And I think the, the struggle for some men is uh, admitting your fragility. I think that's what it is. Yeah, I think that's what it it's is. It's fragility. And yeah. the fact, so, mm. you know, I put in this latest video, look, I can't be in denial about this. You know, physically I'm frail. Like, I'm frail. I, I, I know I am. I mean, I park my car out the back, I walk up the slope, and I'm like, oh. Yeah. Now, I know when I get on medication, a lot of that's going to go. But I'm, I'm, well, at least for a period of time. But I am now facing the fact that I am physically weak after 51 years of pretty bulletproof strength. Yeah. Weight training most weeks, marathons, cycling, motorbiking, hiking, guarding, lifting everything, fighting, judo, rugby, hmm. all of that. Hmm. A strong guy. Like a little ox. Mm. And now suddenly I'm like... Well, shaking, aching. I'm, I've got shakes and, uh, um, yeah, I look at my hands and it's shaking. And, I, yeah, it's a strange... It's interesting. It's a strange thing. And, you know, I'm, I know that when I get on this... If I get on a drug, I think they're going to put me on. I mean, the, mm. the consultant secretary sort of said, oh, when you get on this drug, I thought they must have already talked about it. So mm. um, that, after three years, gives you these side effects... Where you you know you look like you're drunk, right? I think they call it dyskinesia or something. You know, like Michael J. Fox yeah, has got yeah. this. Now I'm going to be walking around potentially, you know, with strange head movements and mm. jittery and mm. like that's now. In terms of will I keep working? Well, of course, will I keep preaching the gospel as long as I've got a voice? Can I strategically lead? Hundred percent. Am I still going to be resilient enough to do that? Absolutely. All of that's fine. But I'm a weak, physically weak man. Mm. And, you know, I'm going to try and walk lands in Stoner Groves, do some crazy thing. I might yeah. take a skydiving, I don't yeah. know. I'll do something nuts, mm. but because I think you've got to. An interesting thing for anyone, but we're, we're talking as blokes, is for a man to go through. Yeah. I think. It's, yeah. Because we do pride ourselves on strength, or the ability to provide, the ability to lift, carry walk, you know. No, and people have said to me, it's really courageous you putting out this video about you wanting to cry. And you said, I want to cry. So the, it's a chemical thing. My brain's not working. Yeah. So that the diabetic nurse phoned me today. And uh, my treatment's working now, finally, after four months. You know, wow. I feel a bit freer. Hundreds I, of tablets later. Oh, yeah. Mm. Arduous. And uh, I was just walking the dog when she called. And I shut the dose fence in, knocked some pills out now, and blah, 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 blah. And suddenly I felt emotional. I'm like, what am I emotional about that for? Yeah. I didn't cry, but it's like lump in my throat. Yeah. And like yesterday, me and Karen went out for lunch, trying to find a venue for our daughter's wedding reception. And um, we had this lunch, and I was sitting behind a barrier, and we were having this, but I was having a burger, and Karen was having some healthy health mm. bowl, a mm. Buddha bowl or something hideous. And uh, Karen said, oh, I like this place. And do you know what I said? I couldn't believe I said it. Went, oh, yeah, I like sitting here. It feels kind of safe. Karen went, what do you mean safe? And I went, oh, yeah, I don't know. I just feel a bit wobbly. Wow. And I, it's me. Yeah. Like, I'm like... Now looking for what, safe spots. What is coming out of my mouth? Mm. Now, the doctors said, this is this will all go. Like, you'll be back to normal. These, right. these, like, you're going to feel crazy until we start treating you. Yeah. Yeah, all over the place. Uh, 
but I'm like, what a... So being like Spock out of Star Trek, I'm trying to be analytical. I think, what a fascinating experience. Mm. Like, this is giving me a window on blokes who are suffering with anxiety and yeah, don't yeah. feel that they can talk about it. Mm. Blokes who have finished shots of pieces, bullet to work and just want to cry mm. and don't feel they can tell their wives or can't tell their mates because there's a stigma around it. Well, suddenly I'm out of nowhere in this territory. Or like, you know, the guys who their mind's going, well... Karen was talking to me the other day and then started doing something. I forgot what I was saying for 10 minutes. Like really? I couldn't, it's like a blank sheet of paper in my head. All of this, I've got to say to people, is, is that's going to be dealt with. Mm. And it's not all the time. It's very much dependent on where the dopamine naturally is in my brain at the moment. Yeah. Um, but wow, like what a window on vulnerability and, um, and, and the blokes out there that are just not able, don't feel they can talk about it because mm. we're men. And people have said to me, I was really courageous you sharing this stuff. Like, that's real courage. Well, maybe that is true courage. But it didn't feel courageous. It just, I'm, um, I'm into breaking stigmas and breaking mm. norms. I'm like, well, if this is what I'm going for, I'll talk about mm. it. Maybe it's cathartic. I don't know. Well, you have I don't think we, it is. Well, yeah. it just, I just think we've got to be honest. And I'm on a platform, so I need to tell yeah, people. Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. Mate, that's interesting. Mm. And not, not in the same way or, or gravity of situation but I remember when I had my vasectomy I had a moment of like not mourning but but sadness that I suddenly it dwelled on me that season of my life had ended praise the lord well yeah praise the lord I've got enough children and I love them dearly but there was just this moment of I'm no longer that bloke I can't have kids anymore and I, I just wonder if there is this but yeah, these seasons, these markers as we go through, we go, oh, okay, now this is what I'm dealing with. This is this is me now. Well, here's an interesting thing, slightly deviating, yeah. but I found this to be really interesting, right? So how are we doing on battery power? We're good. I mean, we've got one little block there. Should main... we, we stop and change them? Do, be less, uh, do you want to do it now? Them. Let's do it now. Let's do it now. It'll be seamless for anyone listening. It'll just be on off. Yeah. But if you're watching on YouTube, you get a sneaky behind the scenes because we'll keep it rolling. Yeah, let's do that. So there's a reason to go over to YouTube now and check out the video. Anyway, I'll change these batteries. Batteries changed. So one of the things that I found really interesting was that the uh, day I got home, it was a tough time because I had to tell my parents and um, tell my kids, tell Karen... People were very upset. Harder for them than me. Dumb like, oh, well, got Parkinson's. Let's just tough it out. Yeah. But they're like, oh, God, what's Carl suffering? What's this mean for our lives? And my parents in their 80s are kind of, you know, we're going to watch our son suffer before we die and mm. all this sort of stuff. Kids, you know, Annie came home from a workplace and in Cambridge early and watched us sit and cuddle and, upset and all of them. So I was in a bathroom later that night. I joined Parkinson's UK and uh, to get their magazine and mm. start trying to learn more about it. And then I went on Facebook and I put an introduction. I joined some Parkinson's support groups. Yeah. And um, one was the Parkinson's UK community. There's not many young onset Parkinson's people on there. Really? Most of the effects people, because it's like your dopamine's running out, it's an old person disease. They say don't call it a disease. 
but it's an old person syndrome. Right. But there are a bunch of people who are younger. Like Michael J. Fox got him, he's 29. Wow. And they don't know why. A lot of people are more, not more, a number of people are getting in their 40s and 50s. So, mm. um, Anyway, join the support group. And, mate, it's fascinating, right? So here's me, Christian leader, national charity speaker. Mm. I'm unknown in this community, right? I'm... I'm I think one or two people had heard of me actually, but not not mm-hmm. you know, just because they're in church circles inevitably. Yeah. Um, so I just introduced myself. A hundred welcome comments later, I'm like, wow, you know, uh, non-judgy, welcoming, uh, uh, non-preachy advice, hints and tips. Yeah. And then someone messaged me saying, oh, there's this group of younger younger parky people. Over in Dronfield, you know, um, mm. we meet on a third Tuesday of every month. Do you want to come and join us for a meal? Join our group? Do you want to join our WhatsApp group? And they, yep. so I did, and they started messaging me. And these all people of working age, you know, got Parkinson's. And yeah. I came out of that hour, and I'm like, I've got to just call it. This was, regardless of background, religion, gender, sexuality, it was the most warm, unconditional, uh, supportive welcome I've ever experienced in my life. Because these people are united around this hideous thing. Yeah. This is actually a hideous condition. And and it was so hope-filled. Like there was no... The narrative was, was hope and joy and... We can do this together, and you're, you're very welcome here. You know, we're gonna we'll cheer you on, and you cheer us on, and and immediately they come to our meal, and mm. you know, I just like wow, you know, what if the church was like that? Mm. And maybe we think we are, but I've not experienced that. I mean, it it was remarkable, yeah. and it lifted me. Did it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I felt listened to. Like I, I felt that like I've been heard. Yeah. I've been seen. Yeah. Because I'd spent the last day consoling everyone else and then making sure my trustees knew and staff knew and everyone knew it wasn't going to be the apocalypse and I'm still about and it's going to be okay. And I'm, you know, managing this communication flow to keep everyone else peaceful and everyone and the ship steady. Mm. The ships that I'm capturing and the ones that I'm involved in and... And, um, you know, people say, oh, well done, I hope you're all right. But, mm. but it was all on the basis of me again giving out. And then suddenly you're resting in the arms of this group who are like, actually, we've got your back on this, you know what it's like. And these, this first year's going to be mad. And we get it. And I thought, wow, you know. And that's me. You know, I'm fairly robust, mm. as I said before. I know. For people to feel seen and heard, that is a powerful oh, thing. Yeah. How powerful is that? Mm. I've, I've probably not appreciated. Very interesting. How how amazingly life changing it is to feel seen. Mm. And there's other people coming going, oh yeah, I had that shoulder pain for two years. Yeah, that was horrible. That feels terrible. Because you're like just at home going, oh, just don't think I'll sit at the table because my shoulder's really hurting. You know. You know, I've already sat at the table to have dinner. And you're like, yeah, I need to sit back for a minute. And these guys are going, oh, yeah, I had uh, 
Yeah, we oh, my wife thought I was walking like a weirdo. Mm. Oh, I couldn't keep up when I was walking a dog. I'm like, that is me. So what power, you know, that's just in the Parkinson's thing. But how powerful is it for people to feel listened to? Yeah. How much anger comes when you're not? Yeah. Yeah, and particularly with a, with a Christian church lens on, I think people coming into church community, whether it's in the building or just around the people, to know that you are not outside of the, ex- the collective experience, you know, what you're going through or what your life might have been is probably known and shared by others, like you're not alone. And God sees it. So, yeah. like, yeah. maybe the biggest thing we're saying is that God sees you, he hears you, like mm. he knows, he made you, mm. like he understands. And we're trying to, you know, change people immediately and... Mm. Actually, maybe the most powerful thing we can do at the moment, you know, obviously you want to preach Christ crucified. That's the game changer, but you're seen and heard. Accept people as they are. Well, we say it, but... But we still want to change you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Interesting stat here I Googled. No. There are clear sex-related differences in epidemiological and clinical epidemiological. features. Epidemiological. Yeah. Uh, Parkinson's affects men twice more yeah. often than women. Yeah. But women have a higher mortality rate and faster progression. Right. Interesting. Yeah, can and then with MS, it's the opposite. Is it? So more women get MS, but men get murdered more. Mm. It's mad, isn't it? It is mad, mate. So that's where you're at. You're oh by the way, Michael J. Fox, sixty one. He's sixty one. No, he's had it since he was twenty nine. Mate, I'm just having a look online at yeah, exactly. the Foxster. Yeah, years. Mm. That's mad, isn't it? Yeah. The other interesting thing is in the Christian world is that, um, like, I really felt God speak to me clearly that I shouldn't be asked to pray for healing, but pray for strength and joy. The amount yeah. of people are not listening to me. Well, this is an interesting one. Uh, on, on the wider subject, I guess, of healing and prayer and... Because there's going to be people listening, aren't there, out there that are ill, that are suffering, and that are asking for prayer. Yeah. And and, and maybe still asking well, and not... Well, and God, God heals, right? Yeah, oh, yeah. But this is a... You feel like you, you're not... You've almost encountered the Lord and and he sort of said, no, this is the, the path. But I was, I was driving, you know, I, I, I haven't told the story in the podcast, but... I was um, at an event in Liverpool and this monster of a bloke, huge, great, tall monster, this mm. huge guy. So he's unforgettable, which is interesting. Mm. I mean, I think he was 6'9". Wow. And a uh, very, very large frame. And he, he talked at me and told me about his life and yeah. all that kind of stuff. And then um, he, uh, at the end of the evening, after I gave him my talk, he said, um, I want you to listen to this... Uh, he turned off the recording. It's full up. Uh, he said, uh, you need to listen to this um, um, song called Chainbreaker by Zach Williams. Mm. I totally forgot. Like, he's insisted. He said, right in your phone. I totally forgot. I listened to Floyd and all that kind of stuff on my home. Two weeks later, I was driving to pray for a mate who's got motor neurone disease. I thought, oh, yeah, that song. So I put on Chainbreaker by Zach Williams and it made me, made me weep. 
So I started phoning Carol and she was like, are you having a breakdown now? And I went, no, I, just, I think it's the Lord. Mm. So I stopped the call and put the song back on loop. And um, I felt God speak to me. Like mm. in, the, in, the, in between, I stopped it. I was just driving along, feeling a bit moved. And I felt the Holy Spirit, it's a very subjective statement, but I felt the Holy Spirit say, my grace is sufficient for you. What's coming to you is a gift. Mm. It's a gift. Don't like a gift. It's a That's gift. meant to be a good thing. It's a good thing. Yeah. So like, that's interesting. And um, I've been processing that. And uh, by the way, if anyone hears me sniffing, I'm not emotional. I've got a cold. Oh, my right ear's blocked and so my nostrils running. Not upset. <laughs> Just so we're clear. Because I spoke about crying. It's okay to be upset, mate. Yeah, but I'm not. <laughs> it's only happened a few times. <laughs> it doesn't happen all the time. So, um, you know, for years I told this story of Damien de Veresta, this mm. guy, Father Damien, who ministered to lepers in the Hawaiian island and then contracted leprosy. And when he got leprosy, he said, you know, at last I can be like one of them. Mm. Now, I live in Staveley, right? It's this kind of deprived community... A uh, lot, a lot of acute needs, mm. and uh, I've been saying to Karen, uh, my wife, um, if I have to be in a wheelchair, I think I'm going to do it in Provence. <laughs> <laughs> you know, get me down to Cornwall or something. Yeah, <laughs> let's go to Portugal and just quit. Yeah. And then uh, I thought I'm just going to do a runner. Like I just don't want to be disabled in this place where people's lives are so tough and hard. I've got enough to deal with. And then realise actually what a precious gift it is to be able to identify with broken people. Mm. Uh, and I think for the gospel, me showing resilience and fortitude through this, uh, God's watching, isn't he? You yeah. know, the Lord is near and he's watching over us. And Job had, you know, much more fruitful life after he'd endured his suffering. Mm. He was tested by God, mm. well, by the devil, with God's permission. And uh, and God smiled on him for his faithfulness. And I think, you know, I'm determined. I'm not angry with God. I'm not going to be. I'm not yeah. complaining. I'm just accepting. And yeah. and I see it as a gift. And, hey, look, maybe I'm going to have this scan and they're going to go, oh, it's this weird thing. Take two ibuprofen. It's all going to go away. Yeah. Right? Could happen. Could happen. But yeah. I'm suffering in the meantime. Yeah. So, and it's unlikely because I do have all the classic Parkinson's yeah. symptoms, and they are really weird. Yeah, they're a pretty unique set of symptoms, and I've yeah. got them. Yeah, yeah. Mate. <clears throat> mm. Yeah. Well, what I said to Karen was, I do like cooking, mm. but when this hand properly goes, it's going to be great for the wok, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Stir fried and all that. <laughs> the old shaky arm. Mm. Yeah, so big stuff, big stuff happening, mate, isn't it? Mm. Um, <clears throat> yeah. But it it does shine a light on, as as men, how do we take these hits? How do we live in light of eternity, live, live with eternity in view? Oh, I'm going to get a new body one way or yeah. another, right? So are you. Yeah, yeah. Who knows what's around the corner? Yeah. How's that mic looking? Uncomfortable? No, i just got to move because I'm... All right, a bit of positioning. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, we've got loads we're going to talk about. Mm. 
Naughty song. I've I've found a channel on YouTube, mate. It is brilliant. Mm-hmm. It's called. Let me give you the exact name. Mm. Is the, this something to look at now? Uh, what? Well, you can do. Mm. Uh, it's called the Behavior Panel. Oh yeah. Basically, it's four guys who are experts in reading um, non-verbal communication. So body language and the way things are said and they read all these different tells and these different signs and oh yeah and the the perspective of the youtube channel the behavior panel they basically take courtroom footage of people being interviewed or cross-referenced right and getting their testimonies and then obviously in light i mean we know whether these people were guilty or not they were found guilty you know all the evidence is produced blah 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 but what they do is they just take the video yeah, and then they break it down for you in terms of what they're seeing in the mannerisms, the behaviour, yeah. what's not being said. Mate, it is fascinating. So, so who's guilty? Any famous people that said are guilty? Um, no, I mean, not... not they, they Let's don't, just get to the chase here. Well, I mean, they, like, don't offer, they don't offer uh, a guilty or not guilty. Is this guilty? like when you were talking about um, a certain well-known Christian leader was... Saying what amazing year their ministry had had and they were shaking their head at the same time. <laughs> yeah, it might have been loved. Yeah, so he's all pretty onto it. Well, because that I've was always... very interesting yeah. when you pointed that out. Like, <clears throat> yeah, that's that's like obvious. We've had an amazing time. What yeah. a blessed time. And the head guy's shaking. shaking his head. Like, might have no. been a girl. Might have been a girl. It's a bloke. Right, it's a bloke. Um, Narrow it down. You're going to have to go through hours of Christian yeah, leaders to find yeah, it. But or maybe not. Here's some interesting. <laughs> yeah, maybe not. Here's some interesting things I found out. So a guilty person, I mean, we're in a legal sense here, but a guilty person will often use what they call severity softening or psychological distancing. Oh, yeah. So let's say I've murdered my wife and son. Mm. I would refer to them as wife and son. I'd ne- I wouldn't use their names. Oh, right. So and you'd it, say like, oh, my wife when she was at home or my, well, I wouldn't go Karen. No, you distance it. So if you was, if what you does it mean if you do that already and you haven't killed them? Well, I mean these aren't these aren't hundred percent signs. Maybe you're not feeling intimate. Well, it could be, could be. I mean that's yeah. Mm. But you would so this softening, this distancing. So I, if you said, "Did you murder them?" I would say, "I did not hurt them." Or if you said to me, "Did you steal that?" I would say, "I did not take that." I wouldn't use. The severity of that language. I wouldn't say I murdered or I didn't murder. I didn't steal it. And so are there people looking for this? Yes, yes. So they're monitoring your body language and what you're saying. Who's doing that? Like specially trained detectives? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. So fascinating. People who are innocent are more likely to use the severe words to illustrate the impact or the scale of it. So if I was really And they're traumatised. Yeah, I would say they were murdered. You need to know, like, you know. There would be no... Find out who murdered my boy. Yeah, my son. Yeah, you'd call his name not, out. Not, not find out who took his life. Yeah, yeah. That's so really me. interesting that they watch for that. They also watch for things like self-soothing. So if you're talking and you're rubbing your arm, you're self-soothing. So you're comforting yourself because what you're telling me has created an emotional anchor in you. So, you you know, you may... <laughs> That's nuts. Yeah, hand stroking, arm stroking. Butterfly legs is common amongst men, apparently. So if someone's giving their witness, their, their statement, 
and their legs are going open, shutting and open shutting. And particularly if they've got an arm in their groin, they're covering the genitals, a weak and vulnerable area, because wow. they're expressing something. Whereas at the moment, I'm I'm manspreading. You're here. sitting like you're almost doing the splits, Van Damme style. Yeah. <laughs> manspreading. <laughs> oh. Thankfully, the video's gone off. Yeah. Sadly, YouTube has gone off. Video ran out. That's all right, though. We can use it for some clips. Well, I'll put the first bit up. You and can then just put the stuff be, about Parkinson's up there. But I think it's just going to really help people. I hope so, mate. Well, I think it's, I think God's going to use it for that. Yeah. No, he'll use his stuff. No, I hope so. Anyway, I what, what a chuffing waste of space. Yeah. yeah. Put me down now like an old racehorse. To give me both barrels. Yeah, just... Yeah. Yeah, just shoot me twice and you'll put me down. <laughs> so, mate, I'm fascinated by this stuff. Yeah, there's, there's a... You know, so salesmen use mirroring, right? Do they? Yeah, there's all sorts of stuff, like mirroring your body language. Yeah. You know, it makes you feel more at ease. So if yeah. you're sitting over your arms folded... What you do is you sit with your arms folded and gradually unfold them. Mm. And then people subconsciously mirror you too. Yeah. You make them relax. And then yeah. there's like the soft clothes. Like, you know, if you're trying to sell someone a car, you know, I used to be a salesman. Yeah, yeah. If you're trying to sell someone a car, you talk about you talk about it as if they've already got it. Like they've already got it home. So you go, oh, yeah, you'll find that when you're parking it up on a drive mm. and there's a really great uh, sensor. You know, if you go, oh, have you got pots on the drive? Yeah, the sensors are picked up. So you'll be fine when you get it home. Clever. Already casting the image of you in it. Yeah, you've already sold you like that deal's done. Mm. Yeah. Mate, it's fascinating. The more you talk to people, the more you read this stuff. It's like people look up to the right or to the yeah, left, don't yeah, they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They do adapters, they call them. People, triggers. People lie, they touch their face. Well, that, yeah, that's what I'm saying here. Triggers, things that relieve nervous energy. So if you're lying, mm. you created it, whether you like it or not, you've created this nervous energy in you. Right. And you use a trigger. Or, or it might be a nose rub, a face poke, mm. a finger cracking. It's all these, like, little things that your really? body's venting, this nervous energy. That's crazy. And what they've done is they've looked at you and taken a baseline symmetry of you. So, right, this is what you're normally like in a comfortable, calm situation. Once they start asking you the questions that are going to push you to lie, create stories. What about these people that, you know, they've got this transference thing going on yeah. where, you know, they've got a problem with authority figures. Could have been in trouble at school as a kid, or mm. and now they're sitting in front of a detective or a mm. judge and or whatever, and they're transferring all the angst that they had as a kid under authority figures onto you, mm. and it makes you behave mm. don't nuts. Yeah. You've got to take that into account, though, like stress yeah, reactions. Yeah, yeah. Because I don't think maybe you could check this out while I'm talking, but I think. Two things are useless in a criminal case. Mm. Lie detectors and witness statements. Right. Lie detectors, I cannot believe the science of that. I, I can't believe they can get a baseline of you calm and then if you feel a bit stressed, you're lying. I can't dig that. Right. The other thing is people just don't remember things. In stress moments, like people have really weird reactions and they just don't remember stuff ever. Properly. They just don't. Colours of cars, colours of people. Yeah, like, there's ve- yeah. Th- I agree with that. There is variation in stories. And they even say that, I remember don't they? Re- yeah, I saw some documentary, it might have been a real story, a little yeah. mask it, like someone yeah. got stabbed to death in the window of a yeah, Pizza Express. 
And some people say it was a black guy that yeah, did it. Some say it was a remember. white guy. Some say it was tall. Some say it was short. Because they were so traumatised. Yeah, yeah. So people have weird reactions under pressure. It's mm, a link. True. So how much of this is... Look at how accurate a lie detector is. Right. Are they usable in court? I don't know. Probably, probably in Texas how or something. accurate is a lie detector test? UK? UK. Mm. Polygraph testing has been found to be 80 to 90% accurate. I can't believe it. I can't believe that. Can a lie detector test be wrong? 80% is not enough. Yeah. It's not enough. I mean, that, that's really bad because it can mean that... You now, you're asked, did you have an affair? And you go, no, I didn't. That 20% is wrong by it. My <laughs> wife goes, but the lie detector says you have. You go, it can be wrong, Tony. <laughs> Nearly a quarter of the time it can be wrong. Yeah. Like, well, the damage is done, my friend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the damage is done. You, yeah, you probably want high 90s, really. High 90s. And low 80s. That ain't good. Not good. No. I mean, certainly not for... If someone's going to be, you know... Banged up. Or killed. Mm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, interesting. Hmm. Yeah, we don't want to get into the death penalty debate today. We better not touch that one. Yeah, we will do at some point. Yeah, talk about whatever we want. Mm. Um, anyway, that was my thing. I thought that was quite interesting. Body language. Yeah, I'm quite. I'm quite fascinated by that stuff. What are you? Are you? I mean, you are perceptive anyway. I've noticed it's like you. Mm. You do read people when we're in meetings, and um, you sit back quietly, like I'd, looking at people. Yeah, I, one of the things I think is a, is one of my gifts. One of my gifts mm. is I default to listening, and you mm. can learn a lot by listening mm. and giving people the space to talk and and saying asking questions that encourage people to talk. Yeah, but you come across like. You're not, you know, it's cool. Just tell what you think. But inside the game, work, click, work. <laughs> yeah, the clock. Yeah, why take a chance? Whack him. Yeah. He's a nice you guy. Look, no, you, you look he like you're, it. you know, sometimes I'll just could slip into a coma here, you know, I'm not yeah, that bothered. That's it. that's it. But actually, you're like. I'm listening. You're listening. Oh, yeah. I'm listening. Yeah. I'm putting Then the you go away and think about it. Yeah, I've got a good read of people. I must say, I do have a good read of people. Mm. I know if there's issues. I can tell if there's sin. Sometimes. <laughs> I've got a gaze that pierces to the human heart and I can see your innermost sins. Yeah. I can smell it. I can smell the sin. It smells like marzipan every time I get near it. You know, I'm just saying this because obviously it's at the front of my brain, but there's some women who can smell Parkinson's. There's not. Yeah. What does it smell like? I didn't actually ask. It's on the Jeremy Paxman. That can't be real. It's real and it's now forming part of a seriously what? highly researched. Mate, this is fascinating, right? So, this woman claimed that she could smell it. She's an old English woman, no, it wasn't old, maybe in the 70s or something. And everyone was like, yeah, whatever. Um, but they, they in, I can't remember whatever set of circumstances it was, but she ended up going to Imperial College. Mm. And they made like 20 people. Wear T-shirts. And they had some in the control group, but they knew didn't have Parkinson's. Yeah. And some who did. Yeah. So they wore these T-shirts like a day. 
and they gave the T-shirts to a woman in another room, and she was 100% right. And then she, but she picked out a T-shirt in the control group, said, this person's got Parkinson's. I'm like, no, they haven't. in the control group. Turned out they were very mild, early stages Parkinson's. Didn't no. They? 100%. It's only documentary. So now they're finding that it's this, the disease. We're not meant to call it a disease, apparently. She can't catch it. But they're, um, this condition, it emits some odour through the cells. Wow. And she's got some weird condition. She can smell it. How, how on earth do you find out you've got that ability? You, that's not the sort of thing you stumble into, is it? Because her husband, I think it was her husband, got diagnosed with Parkinson's. She noticed he changed smell. Oh. And she's got this condition, this hypo rhino sunning wow. condition. Like, it's this hypersensitive smell. Okay. And then, like, she bumped into someone else. You could smell it on them, and it's like they had Parkinson's. Then she bumped someone else. It's like, kept smelling you got the it. same smell. Wow. Don't you have an Parkinson's? So Jeremy Paxton's sitting there, and, he, and she said, you have got the Parkinson's smell. And she said, you're number two out of five on the scale we developed. What? And she said, I think if you exercise and lost some weight, you could get it back to one and a half. Wow. It's like, what the heck? That's pretty mad, isn't it? Yeah. So then now they're trying to work out how to do it. So it could be like a... A test, like a computer could sniff you and you could diagnose a condition. Do you think, like, years from now, our kids will look back and go, I can't believe they treated our parents like that when they had this condition? And You know, like, years ago, they would drill holes in your head for an headache. Well, they're doing that now. They're, like, for Parkinson's, there's only two real things. One is levodopa, which has been around for 60 years. Mm. And the other thing is you used to drill in your head and zap your brain and kill it, the bit that made you twitch. And now they put an electrode in it. Do you reckon Elon's going to help with his chip, his nano chips? That worries me, man. Does it? Yeah. He's been putting them in pigs, isn't he, and all sorts. He's probably got one. Do you reckon? Have you ever seen his interviews like, of Elon? He's, yeah, he's an odd character. Have you ever seen his interviews where he gets asked a question? It could be about anything, about rocket ships, could be about whatever. Then he sort of looks up at the air. Pauses for a minute. For, for he a gets while. the answer. Oh, he's pulling out the cloud, Where's he mate. getting that from? Where's he getting all this knowledge? You can ask him anything about the chemistry of, you know, rockets or... You'll sit there and go, well, that's really interesting because Mars is such and such a distance and it's such and such, such a thing and we need to do this, this, this and this. And I'm like... It's just you... playing, the res- playing a response <laughs> through his mouth. Yeah, what if he Ooh. is? <laughs> <laughs> We're hitting Because, like, here. seriously, right, so... This is where he loses a lot of CBM supporters. But what if, you know, apparently he's a smart guy. He's got a high IQ. Mm. He's, he's not a mega genius, but he's a, he's a, very, he's a genius IQ. Yeah. Um, so if he's developed this chip, this thing, mm. surely they are further down the line than we are being told. Yeah. Well, I think they all are. All this stuff is, you, you sent me a thing the other day of the Reaper drone... And it was right. like, do you remember this? And it was like, yeah. And the thing was like, this is 10 years old. Here's the new thing. And I was still thinking the Reaper was cutting edge. No, no, no. It's invisible in the sky no. and does its own thing. It's like autonomous. It so it takes a screen, it videos what's above it and, and plays it underneath. it underneath. So it's technically invisible. Yeah. I mean, how cool is that little mini projector on its undercarriage? You would not want to be in a ground war now. No. I mean, these, this, some of this stuff that's coming out, oh. the Ukraine offensive like, war. Yeah. Die, these guys crawling along, think they're safe, 
drone, can't even hear it, can't see it. Some, miles some kid with a radio control screen in, in Alabama phone. somewhere drops it on you, yeah. And now it's AI autonomously steered. It's thinking for itself. Have you seen this one uh, video? I think it was a TED Talk or something. Hmm. It might have been an Elon thing. can't remember. But they had these, these swarm drones. They reckon they can use the same face technology as in your iPhone. So you program the face into the drone, the face technology, and these things will swarm and fly around until they find the faces, fly into it, really? blow them up. Assassin drones. You know, it's the same technology as in an iPhone. Yeah. And they, they, they can send a thousand after you. You're just not going to stop them all. This is the, you know, the weaponry of the future. You're not going to get away from that, are you? No. I look at this Boston Dynamics stuff and like... Mm. See, mate, this is what worries me. We were talking about this earlier about TikTok. Mm. So I was saying to you about Pokemon Go. You remember they, um, mm. we run around with your phone mm. grabbing little Pokemon. Right, yeah, go on. So the idea, someone is saying that <laughs> China developed it to basically do their own street view. So you're right. running around with your phone capturing Pokemons and it's filming your house, it's filming your street, it's filming where you live and they're mapping out all of these different parts of the world. Can't, right. they do, can't they just rip off what Google's done? Well, I don't know. Probably now, yeah, because that's open Because we had share, kids opposite it? my house before I moved house. They were jumping up and down inside the old Methodist church hall. Yeah. And I just, just China want that. But I, can't, yeah, but well, maybe I think the wider link. point is there, that they are hacking us and looking at it? our stuff. But I think there's a link between actually where you're going right. and the video it's seeing. Maybe they're gathering the two together. Mm-hmm. Oh, but whereas Google Street View, you're just seeing what they've mapped. Well, we all know. Do you remember a few years ago, people would be saying, I was talking to my wife about going caravanning in Morecambe. Yeah. And then I got adverts for Morecambe holiday caravan yeah. sites yeah. on Facebook. You know, and they're oh, like, they're doing it. We know, yeah. Well, and then we were like, how terrible. Like, what is this weird thing? How come my phone's listening to me? Now we just accept it. Mm-hmm. Like, I've, I've been looking at, do I get a Skoda Superb Octavia? Yeah. I've had stuff coming up on Facebook. Yeah. That's mad. Yeah. Well, TikTok, you need to look at the rules behind it because they can access devices stored on your home network. So let's say you've got a Wi-Fi um, hard drive. You're giving them permission to access devices on your Wi-Fi. Right. And, and also anything copied into TikTok, anything pasted, they've got access to. And I read somewhere, even messages, like it's, mate, it's mad. Is uh, people like Joe Rogan and others, are they on TikTok? Don't know. Because that makes you just want to delete TikTok. Yeah, well, they, but then we, then we touch into that social proof. Let me have a look. That we talked about with that FTX scandal. Oops, sorry. That's is it. that if enough people on social media are using stuff and, and promoting it and they're paid sponsors, a lot of them, yeah. then that gives the general public confidence to use it. So if, I don't know, who's your favourite celebrity? Let's say it's, I can't think of any celebrities. Um, uh, Gerard Butler. Let's say Gerard Butler's doing loads of really good TikToks or Jason Statham. You think, well, if he's doing it, surely his people would have checked it out. He wouldn't be using it if it was risky. Yeah. So people use it. But, mate, I've come off TikTok. Yeah, I've come off. You know, I've become a sensation. Well, it, I think it's got. I think what's happened there is it's got its root. It's hooked you. 
Because well, now you, if you came off, you've got you've got reach to hundreds of thousands. So, yeah, I've had I've had one point six million views on one thing. So if I um, tell me if I um, wanted to share, say the Parkinson's journey, what would you do it on? Well, it comes up on my phone. No, but what would you What would you do it on if you were me and if it's on oh. TikTok? Um. Instagram Mate, to reels. be honest, all of them are all of them are right. grabbing data, aren't they? I think the TikTok thing is a concern because it's China, and China are proving to be a little bit controversial in how they're handling data and why. And mm. and it's all it's all moved around. It's really interesting how they move it in different and how the terms and conditions give them scope to use it however they want. Basically, so if, can you get up there what some of the more scary terms and conditions are? For scary TikTok terms TikTok, and conditions. Scary terms and conditions. Right, here we go. The frightening truth. Hmm. When it comes to TikTok and other suspicious apps, you have two choices. One, prevent employees from having the app on their device. Two, stop worrying about personal apps. Oh, this is more for it. Concerns over TikTok protection and uses principles. I mean, we may need to dig into this. All right. So we collect information about the device you use, your IP address, user agent, mobile carrier, time zone, identifiers for advertising purposes, model of your device, device system, network type, device IDs, your screen res, your operating system, app and file names and types, Keystroke patterns and rhythms. What? <laughs> Hello. Hello. Battery state, audio settings, and connected audio devices. Where you log in from, multiple devices, we'll be able to use your profile information to identify your activity across devices. We may also associate with information collected from other devices. Mate, I think they're accessing your camera, your audio your contacts, mm. what can they not see is my question. So how realistically do you think a man can live off grid? I mean, even this, we're putting this out, right? We're, on, on, we're not off grid. There is a video online I've started to watch, YouTube. Is it on TikTok? No, it's on YouTube. <laughs> and he talks about how can you, can ex-FBI guy, can you genuinely live off grid and how mm. to do it? <clears throat> and? I, well, I think... it. At the moment, you probably can, but if we moved into a cashless society, I don't think you ever will be able to. Oh, it's digital currency. When it's digital currency, you're never going to be able to be off-grid, really. Then we're going to go down a rabbit hole now about the last days. Well, unless you fully sustain your life by wind, irrigation, food, planting, arable... You know, King Hezekiah in the Bible, he said, peace in my time, that's all right. Won't worry about what comes. You know, I I think uh, having had Parkinson's, I think think, I'm not going to see any of that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let me see it. Can you really... Did you know there's a... Did you know there's five... No, eight and a half billion Google searches a day. Can you really live off-grid?
solar, wind, biomass, biogas, cutting down on the energy footprint. Can you really live off-grid in the UK? Is it legal to live off-grid? The short answer is yes. Living off-grid in the UK is completely legal due to their status and temporary structure. Converted shipping containers are generally classed as temporary structures and are exempt from any planning permission. So if we had a field and we bought a container, shipping container, Mm. then, yeah, technically you could live off-grid. Solar energy. Sounds very appealing. Do you know solar works off light, not heat generated on those panels? Mm. I didn't realise that. It's light, but solar is light. I thought, yeah, but I thought it was light, i.e. heat waves. No, they do, um, there is, you can do um, solar heat in terms of, like, radiator pipes, you know. Yeah, you do hot water. But it's but just the amount of daylight they get. Mm. I, didn't, I honestly didn't realise. stupid. Do you remember that clip, the uh, wind turbine guy? No. Oh, let me see if I can. <laughs> so this, this guy, <laughs> they're talking about global warming. Mm. Um, do you think off-grid has become this sort of trendy... It'll be a hipster thing. It'll be like, oh, yeah, we live off-grid. We've got a camper van and yeah. we go out six months a year in a camper van that costs 100 grand. That's not off-grid. Right, listen to the... I'm um, gnarly beard. You, you go toilet in a bucket and you sling it over the over the hedge and that's off-grid. There's um, this guy, these kids, and uh, listen to this. So they're talking about global warming. Mm. On this chat show, it's two, two, two things. This is. Oh, let me just get this up. Wires go on the bed of the ocean. The ocean, yeah. Like, and then it goes all the way down to the uh, shore where there's a power plant. And in that power plant, like, the, the turbines are actually spinning by wind. <clears throat> It's not like being because it's so. If it's not windy, then they're just doing that's why they do it in windy places because the turbines are being spun by wind and that wind is creating electricity. Stagnant things, yeah. I'm not talking about the ones to generate, I'm talking about the wind turbines for global warming. What I thought that's what they were for, no? Yeah, yeah, because it is for global warming because they're trying to to stop down the the, the earth. (laughs) Oh, is that that what you thought? You thought it was like a fan, basically. <laughs> <laughs> it's a big fan. Okay, wait, hold on. Yeah. <laughs> what about... What about <laughs> He's trying to backtrack. He's trying to save it. That's what I said for global warming. Wait, let's let him finish. So when you think it's for global warming, what was you, you going to no, say? No, as in, as in you're not using, like, any <laughs> greenhouse gases and all that. Oh, kind of stuff. You're using, like, <laughs> He's energy. Yeah. And you're, you're turning wind energy into... <laughs> That's great. Electricity, you thought that it was cooling down. <laughs> <laughs> he thought he was cooling. He thought they were these big fans cooling the earth. Down. Cooling the earth. <laughs> 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 That's quality. Yeah. Oh dear. Yeah, no, I have heard that. That's a good it's one. Funny, isn't it? Wind turbine guy. If you want to see that, put in um, windmills cool the earth. When Mills called the earth. And the other thing to look, I was going to talk about it, but we hadn't talked about it. I mean, this podcast was meant to be about <laughs> the, de- the details blokes go to. Well, I did some research on this mm. and hobbies, and I couldn't find anything. No one was boring, brave was enough to yeah. say, this is why. No, it is a fact that 
men seem to get into intricate details of things. Train spotters, mm. cyclists getting into all the kit, yeah, collecting stats. And I've always wanted to paint little soldier models of Napoleon's army, you know. I've never had Why Why do guys get into this stuff? I was going to talk about the guy who's been playing a game of Dungeons and Dragons for 40 years. The same game. Mate, the same game. With his mates. It is, mate, it wouldn't fit. You need a bigger room than this. He's hand-painted like a million of the little soldiers, the goblins... And he, he's got all the rules and his mates come over and they sit around and they've kept this book for 40 years. Wow. Honestly, it is unbelievable. And he's built the whole thing. I mean, in terms of an art feature, the guy's got skills. You know, I like my flight simulator. I mean, I haven't done it for a few months. I've yeah. other things on my mind. Yeah. I quite like, you know, Microsoft Flight Simulator is a phenomenal bit of software and you can just put the VR goggles on and you can disappear for half hour. But some guys are getting these long-haul flights. Yeah, like 14 hours. And yeah. they sit there the whole time, like, monitoring the systems and they're just not really having to do much. He's on autopilot. And I'm like... And they're tracking the real weather. I need to derail there's some turbulence coming up. Yeah. It might be hardly anything to do. And then they yeah. bring it in on autopilot and take over at the last minute and, and land you've it. Seen, you've seen Why? the ones where mm-hmm. they've built... Yeah, the, built a cockpit. The cockpit and everything. Yeah. And are they sitting in a flight uniform? Yeah, some... I, I mean, can kind of get that. I think that's well. The truck simulator escapism. guy. There's a truck simulator guy. So now you can buy a thing that fits in your office chair. There's a pneumatic <laughs> thing on it, and it makes you bump to the turbulence <laughs> or the potholes in the road. So you actually feel like you're going along. Like, what, what is happening, mate? Yeah, I don't know. Advanced role play, isn't it? It's advanced. It's well, escapism. escapism, mate. Escape. We want to escape from this. I mean, what I like about where I live. Mm. You see the kids out in the field, they bring their football posts out or their, their hoodies, they put goalposts down, they kick a ball, they're in the woods firing catapults. Mm. and like, That's how I grew up. Mm. You know, we were out and about, and then the Sinclair Spectrum came out and then the Amiga, and we yeah. got into gaming. But before yeah. that, we weren't. We were just out on our BMXs, out on our choppers. Out. Mm. I used to disappear with my mate Russ. We'd just be all over the place, cycling to London. and mm. Fantastic times, surf the tube. And now we're just putting goggles on or staring at phones. Disappearing. Disappearing into a make-believe world. It's fascinating, mate. Yeah, it's really interesting. Yeah, I mean, Mm. not seeing life anymore. No. I mean, you know, getting this thing. Yeah, I was walking a dog the other day, you know, half walking, so I was limping a bit, Mm. thinking, you know, I want to keep walking as long as possible. You Mm. know, you start to appreciate it. And these kids are just looking at screens. I know every generation has moaned. But but I do think, you know, get out and live your life. What are we what are we running for? What are we hiding from? Is it is society just so pressured now we just need to escape? We don't want to escape from the real world? What's that about? It's worrying, isn't it? Yeah. I won't talk about that game I'm playing where I escape. No, for tell hours. us about it. No, not now. You've created a terrible narrative. Cause I fit into that. <laughs> yeah. Well, my problem is I like it. Mm. Like, I like my flight simulator. I'd like to get in things. A, I haven't got the patience mm. uh, to do any more than that. And B, I just, I wonder what I'm missing out on. Like, I don't like sleeping. Yeah, but you've always been like that. Like I said before, like, if you see a brick wall, you're, what's behind that? Yeah. 
I don't think like that at all. I'm just, I don't even notice the brick wall. Oh, yeah. Mm. Oh, what's behind there? Yeah. Like, I don't care. We did that before, big manor house. You were like, oh, I wonder what's behind that wall. I was like, yeah, hey, we'll what's on about? Yeah. Didn't even see it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, what about a couple of adverts? Should we finish on a couple of adverts? Yeah, do that, Can you do that while I have some pants? All right, mate. Well, how many bookings have we got for the gathering now? Well, I'd like to say more than we have. We've got about... 900 at the moment, on the way to 1,000. We need, well, yeah, I mean, last year we had 1,500, 1,600, so that was a good, I mean, it felt massive and busy, didn't it? Mm. But, yeah, anywhere between another another six 700 would be great. We should get that. Oh, absolutely, there's still time, and blokes always booking late. So the gathering... Yeah, so get your booking in. If you haven't booked in, get your booking yeah, in. Yeah, get, get your booking in. The price is good at the minute. Uh, Thegatheringformen.com, if you've never heard about it, it's an event in Swindon, in a field, Camping, men's festival, loads of fun, sports, food, comedy. It's just brilliant. You'll love it. Live music. And we, we have an experience of worship. we we'll tell you about Jesus. But not in a weird way. You just come along. It's cool. You'll love it. Um, 23rd to 25th of June. Yeah. So that's awesome. Um, before then is the Skipperthon. if you're interested. Yeah. I'll be skipping for eight hours to Say raise my money. my diary. What? I need to come and support that. Mate, you're doing the bonsai thing. No, I'm not. I've got you down to do a bonsai what exhibit. Day is it? 24th of April. Oh, no. This is where you find out you're booked. You're booked somewhere else, aren't you? Well, if Andrew's not putting my dog. You oh, Nathan podcasting dinner. Oh, there you go. Skip-a-thon. So it's the skip-a-thon. So we're podcasting during the day and then we're skipping. Well, I'm skipping. So eight-hour skip-a-thon. We've got loads of stuff happening every hour. 4 p.m. Until midnight, every hour there's going to be a special guest doing something incredible. And other than that, I'll be skipping. But if I get any donations live, we have a rave on set. It's going to be absolutely brilliant. That will be donor controlled. Um, so if you're interested, Facebook and YouTube will be going live from 4 on the 24th of April. Right, it's in the diary, brother. Brilliant, mate. So, yeah, other than that, if you haven't checked it out yet, Go to winningmen.co.uk and uh, join our app, join our website and start talking to us online about evangelism to men. Yeah. 